Business Women Rock, Episode 11. Ladies, it's time to rock. Welcome to the Business Women Rock Podcast, where we get down and dirty with the world's most incredible business women. Inspire your journey by listening to theirs. And now, here's your host, Katie Kremitzos. Ladies, welcome to the Business Women Rock Podcast. Are you ready to take your social media presence to the next level? Then go see the team at Kim Media Strategies who will help you create and implement a really effective social media campaign. Go to Kim Media Strategies with one M, KimMediaStrategies.com forward slash BWR. My guest today is Nicole Levine, who is a total business powerhouse. This woman will blow you away. What started out as one company called Home Clean Home when she was 18 years old has turned into five different companies, which include Home Clean Home, her obviously cleaning company, Bedbug 911, Hygia Natural, which manufactures green bedbug cleaning products, as well as green machinery for lice, all that stuff. Labor to the Rescue, which is an employment agency that helps to fit unskilled manual labor uh, into positions, and she has a real estate portfolio. I don't say this lightly, but honestly, she really reminded me of Donald Trump just because she got business. Like She got the heartbeat of what a business as a system is really supposed to do and what it, it is really all about. And more so than that, she had hustle in her like crazy. That is probably the thing that will stand out to you the most during this interview. So my conversation today with her really focuses on what it was like coming here as an immigrant when she was 18 years old, how she hustled her way and building her company, and how she insists that she has one vacation a month. This woman is fantastic. I know you're going to enjoy this interview because she and I had so much fun together and I know you're going to learn a lot. So turn up the volume. The interview starts now. Nicole, thank you so much for being on the show here with us today. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Thank you. So I'm very, very excited to share your story because you're a woman who is like just a fantastic entrepreneur. You have multiple businesses that you have started. Um, you are the sole owner of all of them. And you have such a rich story for someone who just has a lot of fire and really, really wants to to be a successful business owner. So I'm excited to share your story. I really want to start with something from the beginning, which is that you are originally from Israel. Can you tell us what it was like for you when you first came to the U.S., and what was what was that experience like that really helped shape you? Well, um, I came, actually, it was February, so I came from Israel, from Tel Aviv, which is, uh, we, we never see snow there. Actually, this year, it was uh, the first year, or last year, I should say, it was the first year that it was snowing in Tel Aviv, so I've never seen snow. So when I got off the plane, it was snowing everywhere. It was we were actually stuck because um, of a, a blizzard when I landed, and it was very surprising. But, of course, it was very thrilling. I was 18. I was very enthusiastic. And for me, I was, of course, I didn't even have the proper jacket or anything, so I got sick immediately. But it was very thrilling. So what did you start doing here while you were while you were in the U.S.? Like, did you immediately think about owning a company? Did you just start working? Like, what was your professional path that you took? Well, I was 18. 
So all I cared is about going to Manhattan and uh, uh, finding the best club and just dancing on the table. That's all I was thinking about. <laughs> I actually came because it's mandatory in Israel to, for women to serve in the army, for actually everyone to serve in the army. So right after you finish high school, you have a few months, and then you draft it to the army. So I did the basic training in Israel, and, and then I had a few months vacation, and my uncle lived here. So I came just just to travel for a month or two. I wanted to work at first because I didn't have any money, so I wanted to work for him as a cashier for the first month or so, and then travel for the time remaining. And then I met uh, who became my husband. I had to go back because of the army, and he followed me, and we got married in Israel. He couldn't... Um, make ends meet there. So we had to move back here. So you moved back to the United States. And what were you doing back then? Like, what were some of the things that you were interested in, or you were getting busy with? Well, I immediately enrolled in college. I was uh, studying early childhood education. I didn't work. I, I was lucky not to have to work. So um, most of the time I studied. And then uh, I had two kids and two years apart. So by the time I was 25, I was already a mother of two. When did this idea of home clean home start to really brew for you? Well, I um, got divorced at just right after I gave birth to my daughter, so I wasn't even 26. And and as a teacher, I just I had to, I was teaching in the daytime, and uh, being that I was Jewish and I I, I lived in a primarily Jewish area. I just knocked on people's uh, offices, and I just asked them if I can clean the office at night. I was a pretty horrible cleaner, and I didn't want to clean homes, and it just sounded like a perfect job for me to just go at night and just vacuum and clean the offices and having the keys, and that's how I started. You were building this up. You were literally knocking on doors. Did that take off right away? Like, what, what was the path of that like? Well, I was really lucky. I was, I truly am extremely fortunate woman. And uh, yes, I think that they also, looking back, like if I think, if I knew, if I saw a woman that just, you know, the Jewish community is a very closed community, very, you know, we keep very together and we, we want to bond and help each other. And um, so I think that I was lucky for that. And um but looking back, I think that when they saw a young lady with two kids, you know, wanting to clean offices, they just probably felt bad for me. And they, so they just, they, you know, of course, they let me clean for them. And they knew that, that I, I would be safe. They can give me the keys. I would not steal. I'm responsible and, and so forth. And it just grew. Just I don't even know how. Back then, it wasn't even cell phones. I had the beeper. And the people would beat me, and they, and just just one person gave my number to another and to another, and I just 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 took off. It didn't even pay for me to teach anymore. I was just doing so well cleaning. I loved it. And during this whole time, you were raising your two kids on your own. What what was that like? Actually, having to balance this growing business, and and raising your kids. It was hell. <laughs> Pure hell. I still have that hell taste in my mouth. It was horrible. It was so hard because my husband didn't give me any child support. And I just got so tired of fighting for money and and fighting for that struggle and fighting to, to pay the rent. And it just, 
it was just so it was so bitter it was really horrible because i i my day was just really terrible i would wake up at five o'clock go to clean office from six to eight you know call from the office to make sure that my kids woke up and uh, and 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 my son which was only seven years old he had to like get his sister up and ready for me to be back ex- just 15 minutes before I have to drop them off at school. So they just, they, they learn to like take care of themselves in, in a sense. I would run into the house, make sure that they have their lunch packed, you know, and, and they ready to go and, and they wearing the normal clothes and I would drop them off in school, go to teach or go to clean, depending on, you know, the day of the job and then go back to pick them up at school at three o'clock, always passing red light, passing just just always fighting the roads just and praying to god that i make it on time you know so many times i was late and i hated it and I, it just was horrible i would pick them up drop them off at home my son would help me make dinner and and get and 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 i would just do everything so so fast run back out and then call them of course from every phone it was no cell phone it was all public phones i would i always had like tons of quarters you know, and uh, he would beat me if there is an emergency, 911, that I would sh- call back. You know, he had to do his homework with his sister and stuff. I would come back home, make sure that they took a shower, blah, 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 take them back out with me to clean offices at night. It, it was just really a very, very, very traumatizing experience. How long did that last? I mean, how long were you in that hustle of just every minute of the day trying to trying to balance everything and make time for everything how long did that last again because i was lucky enough so i the business pretty much took off i quit all the other stupid jobs that i took like advertising jobs that i would take and nonsense like this but and i concentrated only doing cleaning and it pretty much took off but i didn't have every single day a job so i would let's say have a big job it was um it was the height of con- the construction industry. It was the time that people just took got loans from the bank with no money down and so forth. So everybody would take loans and build, and it was a lot of buildings, a lot of construction cleaning. So I would do that a lot. So one day I had a job, and then for a few days I didn't have a job. So it was a constant, constant struggle. But as far as the kids and that type of a struggle, I think it was – for a year or two, the kids grew up a little bit, and, and, and then I had the living help. So the living help was she had the same lifestyle as me. It was me or her. One of us would have to wake up in the morning at 5 o'clock. We'd always fight. So it was two maids living in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, today, it's funny, today she also owns her own business, and she's an extremely, extremely successful woman of her own. And she has a flourishing business, and for the same exact reason, she also had a child while she was living with me, and uh, she also went through the same struggle together. And today, she, from from being my live-in and my help, she also owns her own business. So, at what point in this growth did you start actually hiring people on to help out with your company, and what was that experience like? Again, so depends. So when I, I didn't have a full-time help because I didn't have a job for every day, I had jobs for myself cleaning offices every single day, but not jobs which I made the extra money, such as like, you know, cleaning after construction or and so forth. So when I would have those jobs, I would call like different people that I knew 
and um, and they would help me with different aspects of the business. Mm. So I would say within a few months of starting the business, I realized that there is money into cleaning after construction, and I would just go and knock on people's houses. You know, when I saw, like, the construction site, I would walk in, make connection with the, the contractors, and tell them, listen, you know, every time you have a job, just uh, refer me. I do a very good job. I'm a very good cleaner. And I would ask them if they can give me the phone number of the homeowner. And I did that every single day. I would just stop the car. It could be even 10 o'clock at night. I saw a site in construction. I always had flyers with me. Back then, people would look at flyers. And I would just post my flyers everywhere. And I would remember. And if it was a fancy schmancy house, I would go there every single day. Still, they gave me to clean this house. No matter what, they couldn't. It was no way out of me. I would make, force them to use me. <laughs> I really did. I truly, really did. If it was the guilt that I played on them, if it was a professional strategy, but if I saw a fancy schmancy house and I smelled the greens, I wouldn't. I would be there every day till they were tired of me. I, I love that. That is determination and focus. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, I really am. It's, uh, the stories about me are really funny. And they're all true. And it's no wonder that your business grew so fast. So let's fast forward a little bit. Your business has grown. Um, home Clean Home is, you know, rocking and rolling for obvious reasons is that you're just hustling it every single day. You have since opened up multiple companies that have sprung out of Home Clean Home. So can you talk about the first one that you really started and why why you really created a brand new company? So the second company I opened was is called Labor to the Rescue. It's an employment agency that deals with what's called unskilled manual labor. So it's a, it's a business that's a certified by Consumer Affairs. It's licensed business. And what they do, I refer workers to different types of uh, people and industries for construction help, for living help, for cleaning help, and so forth. So the reason I started this business is because I would meet constantly and, and mingle with contractors to get those jobs. And I saw that they were always struggling with these guys, that the painters and the plumbers and the this and the that. And, and then when also when I cleaned the house, all these really fancy, expensive homes, they always wanted someone to maintain it. And I was a very, very expensive cleaning lady. Like if back then I think our cleaning ladies would charge $8 an hour, I would never work by the hour. I would just tell them, listen, you know, if you want me to clean your house, it's $400. And they would all cry and whine and scream and yell. And But I insisted that I'm just, I, I'm, I'm better than anyone else. And this is my price. If you can't afford me, it's fine. And they would just struggle to, to have me. So, um, and, and then, so, but then I realized that some of the clients really couldn't afford me, but, but I knew that I, can st- I didn't want to let it go. So I said, oh, my God, what if I train girls and I'll just tell all these cheap clients that I don't want or they just can't afford me that I said, listen, you know what? This is what I'll do for you. I'll train a girl in your house to clean for you, but I want $1,000 for that training. And, and you'll, all you have to pay her is for the week is 250 What you'll pay me for one day, you'll pay her for a week. And it just worked. It took off. I convinced them. So I would go to a house, and I would tell the woman, listen, you know, this house is, is a monster. You, no, no one can clean it. Even if I bring here five people, they have to have my knowledge. So I'm going to build a system to clean your house, 
and we'll do every day, like I'll teach her, that every day you do the dishes, you do the beds, da, da, da. And then once a week, you'll do this one closet. And the next week, you do this one's closet. And then the kitchen cabinets once a week. And I would build the system. And I would charge them. And then I told her, if you want me to come and maintain that girl, they would have to pay me a maintenance fee. And it just, and it just, it became an amazing business. People were calling me for maids from everywhere, everywhere. I'm telling you, even from Florida. And then, um, and, and, and then the contractors, the same thing. You know, I would just, I put ads in, in the dif- different Spanish newspaper and Polish and every, you know, because I, it was very difficult to get Americans to do those jobs. So, um, and th- those workers would come to me and, um, and then I would make referrals and I would tell the workers, listen, you know, I'm going to get you a full-time job as a plumber. You have to give me half of your weekly salary. And then I would go to his boss and tell him, listen, I'm going to get you a worker. He's very, very, very good. And you'll have to pay me, and then I'll try to get away with as much as I can. That's incredible. You're a deal so that maker. that office, it just took off. You are an absolute deal maker. So you really just saw a, a niche. You saw something that needed to get fulfilled. You fulfilled it in a very strategic way. That's pretty brilliant. Yeah, it was, uh, again, it was luck. And I was, I'm, I'm really, I'm very, very, very devoted. Like if you called most of my clients, they know that I'll give them the heart and soul. If they call me at 1 o'clock in the morning and, 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 and it's worth it for me, like they're good clients, I'm a soldier. I'll stand up. I'll, I'll get there if I need to. So they knew that they'll get the customer service. They'll, that they, they wouldn't get anywhere else. You know, I'm, I'm, I own it. You know, it's not that I work for corporate America or something like this, you know. For me, if, it, if, I do, if someone represents me the wrong way, I'm done. It's it's a very small community here. You know, if you do anything wrong, everybody knows. So you were willing to hustle for your brand and protect your reputation? Yeah, still am. So then um, Home Clean Homes grew, and I started having contract with city agencies. So I, I still do. I take care of all of New York housing, the projects, um, the district attorney's office, you know, some celebrities, and um, and I also have a contract that I service Medicaid and Medicare recipient for the city of New York. So I take care of the cleaning and so forth. And, and all of a sudden, I, I kept on reading the news, bed bugs, bed bugs. And I said, I didn't, I never even heard such a thing. I didn't even, I didn't even know such a thing ever existed, you know, um, and, um, and I Googled it and stuff. And then I, I was getting phone calls. Do you know how to clean for bed bugs? So my initial reaction, of course, is of course, yes, yes, I do know, you know, <laughs> and I didn't even know what it was. And, but I knew that I'll figure it out. I just trust myself to figure it out. And I did, I figured it out. So the problem was that it was a no, if you know, like the bed bug world, bed bug is one pest that you can't just, they don't die. It's impossible. It's the devil. They just don't, you cannot spray anything to eradicate them. You have to do what's called a comprehensive service. Otherwise, it's just people live with bed bugs forever. And the only way to eradicate bed bugs is by doing a lot of preparation work. So most people would call an exterminator to exterminate for bed bugs. An exterminator would come and spray around, and but that wouldn't get rid of the problem because the bed bug hide. They hide between cracks, crevices, and they, so I developed this new method. And the, the way I did it, I needed to create a product that will help in a green, natural way 
to eradicate bed bugs and help me with the laundry and steaming and so forth. But it was no other, no no product out there that was green that I can clean with, and and will kill the bed bugs. And I I worked with many entomologists and scientists and so forth and chemists and so forth. And I hired different um, laboratories and so and studies and and we came up with this amazing amazing product. It's called Bedbug 911. It's sold uh, through our Hygia Natural website and. Um, so the product kills bed bug naturally. Just it's made out of enzyme, the same enzyme that we have in our stomach that break down the steak that we eat and everything else that we eat. It's made out of the same enzyme. So if a cat or a dog or a child drinks it, they'll just get a little dehydrated, but nothing would happen to them. But to the bed bug, it just kills it violently and it dies instantly, and it's an amazing product. So I needed to develop a product in order to eradicate them. So that's how Bedbug 911 started. It started just, I just made those products for myself, just for Medicaid and Medicare recipient and for the city of New York, and, and just people would just constantly call me and ask me to buy this product, and then people wanted me to private label it, and then I got phone calls from a from Asia, from from Australia, from Europe, from all over the world for this product, for people that tried it and used it and loved it. And so Bedbug 911 has um, a DBA that's called Hygiene Natural that we sell product. And then we grew into um, manufacturing different machines, uh, such as steam machine and vacuum machines. And so that's how bedbug 911 became. So I want to dig into just a, a couple of details of what you just talked about. First and foremost was that obviously you saw a need and a niche and a growing niche for people interested in bed, bed bug product. Um, but I want to talk about the manufacturing aspect because that's, once again, an entirely different business. What have been your biggest lessons in dealing with manufacturing? You were creating your own product, you're manufacturing it so you can sell it. What have been some of your biggest lessons in building out that particular business? Well, my lesson for that business and any other business is if you're passionate about something and you truly believe in it and you're an innovative mind and you're not scared and you believe in in your product and in the vision of the product, you should just do it. There is, I have no barriers. I have no fear, no barriers. I just, if I believe in something, I just do it. So I don't think about the struggle, what it takes to get it. If I get it, that's it. You know, there is some people that just like to whine and cry and and just, you know, tire themselves into doing anything. I'm the opposite. I get very excited. And then the obvious question is, how do you manage it all? <laughs> this is a, I mean, each of these businesses in and of themselves are huge undertakings. And so can you talk a little bit about maybe your leadership style or, or how you've been able to um, delegate, hire the right people or do whatever it takes to be able to run all of these different businesses and lead all of these different businesses? It is hard, I must say. It's not easy. But um, um, again, I'm, I'm truly, truly God favors me. I'm very, very lucky. I can't explain it because I see people that are so much smarter than me. 
that read books and 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 have a master's degree in 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 in, in every aspect in marketing and this and that i have absolutely zero background as far as educational background at all so but i think that i can teach most professors you know because i i've tried it all and i've been there so how do i manage it i don't think about it i just you know if you think about what you do and you feel sorry for yourself then you don't do anything i just do it i just if if you take the time to think then you don't do you know you just wake up in the morning and say okay i'm going to do this and i just do it you just It's easy. I love it. You know what? I love it. I love it. I can tell. I think that's very, very obvious. Nicole, where do you think that that fire comes from? Like, you know, um, I think that's a very special fire that entrepreneurs have is that they just are hustlers and that they love what they do. And constantly my guests on this show are talking about passion and, and making an impact and being able to keep on moving. Where do you get your inspiration? Like, where do you think that fire comes from for you? The fact that I have no partners and no husband and no strings attached, I think it's very, it makes it seamless. Because when you have a partner that you constantly have to ask and you want this and he wants this, for me, I delegate it. If you don't like it, the door is right there. You're out. I'm not afraid. I fire in a heartbeat, you know, so it's, it's, I just, it's easy because I just run my own show. No one tells me what to do. I wake up in the morning, if I feel like starting something, I don't need to ask not for monetary uh, uh, help, nothing. I have enough money. I have anything I need. Let me ask you this. What have been maybe some of the biggest mistakes that you've made along the way? You know, you're a very fiery person and you're going to make it happen if you want it to happen. But our road to success is never a straight one. So what were some of the, when were some of those times maybe that you kind of fell on your butt and just it didn't, it didn't work out the way that you really wanted it to make, to work out and you made a huge mistake and, you know, you learned from it. Do you have a story about that? Do they say what what doesn't kill you make you stronger? That's the truth. So I don't look at them as a mistake. I, I I look at them as as a path in life. So the only thing that I can really say, the only thing that really hurt me was the fact that one time I had an employee that became a very very close friend of mine, extremely close. She was also a divorced woman that I helped a great deal, and she was managing the agency for for me, and. Um, she stole from me so much money, so much money in such a system that that I think that the only thing that I did learn is the fact that don't think that if someone is as close to you as your best friend, as your brother, as your sister, as anyone, that you should take that as, as a given. You know, people, money does make people dance differently and 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 it's very very difficult you you only know someone when you deal with them also in a financial way you know you and and i know it from different aspects of life and i learned not to trust in, in monetarily and i make everybody sign contracts and everybody and i cover myself in each and every way nobody does one job complete everybody has some large or smaller percentage of a whole project, but no one is doing the project by themselves from the beginning to the end. So I feel like if I have to fire anybody or someone let me down, and I can change that job, you know, and take over in no time. That's the only, the one thing that I really learned. And from that, I really saved myself throughout my business. 
so much, so much. Have any of your businesses encountered like, um, like either really slow growth or it wasn't growing at the rate that you wanted to, or it actually took a downturn over, you know, all of these years that, you know, you really struggled with or, or had to overcome and really turn it around? Well, I'm a fighter, so um, it, yes, it did, but it, I, I, I immediately uh, shifted the business, and I think that's also the fact that I'm, that I'm very good in innovation is um, helped me a great deal because when the construction industry ended, and it ended just one day, just, you know, the, 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 the banks just did not lend people money and all construction was just, the business was completely dead. At that point, immediately, I went and I knocked on city agencies' doors, and that's how I grew my business because the post-construction was extremely profitable. I couldn't even count the money I was making, but it was gone. And instead of a, a lot of companies closed, many companies closed, many companies just, uh, you know, and I just, and I, I just, I, I would roam the streets, quote unquote, thinking, what should I do? And I would just. And I just came up with this. At first, I just went to buildings, and I did building management. And from building management, it just grew into the so into the city agencies. So I just I keep on shifting and and adding and taking away. And I don't um, I diversify my income. I don't rely on just one way of making money. Like I'm not the person to open a store to wait for clients to walk in. I think it's like the worst business. What have been some of the most rewarding moments that you've had over your professional career? Well, of course, my kids. So my son became a lawyer, and my daughter is uh, graduating uh, college now, and she's uh, going for master's degree to Harvard. And then I have uh, a little boy, uh, 10 years old, not so little, and my kids are brilliant. They're extremely successful. They're very good kids. And... That's the pride and joy because money you have, you don't have. I'll always be a very humble woman. I'm never, I don't know that I can be a very sophisticated in my looks or in my mannerism. I'm very down to earth woman, so I don't really care about. I, of course, I became the woman, businesswoman of the year in New York last year. That was a big thing. Inc. 500 out of 5,000 nominated my businesses of the fastest growing businesses in the U.S. Some other nomination from um, other uh, WeBank, I'm WeBank certified, so there is uh, those awards. But my biggest award is my kids. Hmm. I love them. And do they have any plans of being able to come in and, uh, and take over and be the second generation of their mom's business? Oh, do you think that I need my kids to boss me? <laughs> Men boss me. You think I'm gonna? I really don't believe in family and business. I don't let them figure out their own way. If if they failures and they can't figure it out, maybe I'll let them. But you know, it's very difficult when you have your child work for you and you have to tell your child stop. You have to do this and you have to do that, and then. You know, I want to play with my kids. I want to go out on vacation. We go out partying. We go to, um, you know, I'm a Gemini, so I have a double, a double personality. So though I'm very professional, extremely driven, firewoman, but I also like to play. So I go out to clubs with my kids, and we're going to Sicily next month. So I want to play with my kids. I don't want to. I don't want them to talk about money with me or my business. Or I don't want for now. I don't. I don't believe in it. Maybe if if I'll be um, 
I, it's not for me. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that I would want them to work for me or work with me. Nicole, I really want to bring this home by asking you, what do you think is the, the future vision for your companies and for you as a businesswoman? Well, I hope that fire stays on. I hope uh, that I find up other opportunities. I love it. I thrive on on building businesses, on thinking. It just it 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 it, it keeps that fire in me. It keeps me young and happy, and I love that. What is the vision? The vision is God. I hope that God is going to lead me and keep continuously bless me. I'll make it. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about money. I'm not worried about the business. I'm not worried about where I'm going to be in five years, in 10 years, as long as I'll be healthy and I want to get my kids married and see them, walk them down the aisle and just have grandkids. And I'll always make money. I'm not worried about that. Always. And when the economy is going to shift one way, I'm going to be right there. And when the economy is going to decide to shift another way, I hope to always be there also. Nicole. I can't tell you what a pleasure it has been chatting with you and learning some more about your story. And I think, you know, what has really struck me during this conversation is just how much passion you truly have and how much you really love business. And you're I, love, so, I really love. You're so driven really, by that. I really do. Did you have, I mean, did you have mentors or did you have people in your life that you saw as, as sort of embodying some of this, some of this business person that you, you have become? And did you look up to that? I'm inspired by the people that work for me. That's another thing. I'm extremely lucky. It's funny because people would always ask me as if I own the business because I own it and I reached this far that it's all because of me, but it's not. If it wasn't for the people that work for me, oh my God, I would never be able to do half the things I do. The administrative help that I have is is truly, truly, with passion I'm saying, I'm really, really fortunate and extremely lucky. I have very, 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 very good help. The people that run my business, I have um, one of the managers, his name is Hanan Henry. Um, he's an amazing guy. He does all the field job. He, he gives all the estimates. He's there for me in heart and soul. I, I, I thank him and I bless him for it. And, and Cindy and Iris and so many other people that work in this business, it's all them. It's not only me. I just innovate and I just, uh, I pull the wagon, but they, they really are the one that's filling up that wagon. The team, of course, it's 100% to teamwork. And that's also luck. I don't start people with fancy salaries. They have to prove themselves and they get, I'm very discriminating. So, and they'll get accordingly. You know, there is people that can get the 50,000 bonus in the end of the year, or even 100,000 bonus in the end of the year, and 5,000 or none. You know, it's because the effort that they put into the business. If they have that fire, if they're trying, if they prove themselves, if they care about me, they care about the business. And the most important is that I have to be on vacation at least once a month. So as long as I can maintain that and they're running the business right, then, you know, then, then I'm happy. Then they'll get their bonuses. So um, With all that hard work, you definitely deserve that sort of a vacation schedule. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's very important to me. Yep. Nicole, I really want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us here today. Thank I just... You. Um, I'm really inspired by your passion and by your fire and by your no frills attitude about just getting it done and just working hard and just keeping on moving and growing. So thank you for that. I know that you've inspired so many of our listeners today um, with your story. So thank you so much. 
Thank you. And good luck to everyone. What I tell you, total firecracker, right? What I loved most about Nicole was that she was able to really see what opportunity was right in front of her because of what services were missing. And even if she sort of played in that space already, she was able to see what opportunity was there. So she was very good about that. And I appreciate her so much for being so candid and for sharing her stories. So if you loved what you heard today, please go to iTunes, go rate the show, let us know what you thought. And also go to bizwomenrock.com, that's B-I-Z, womenrock.com. Find the show notes for Nicole and let me know what you thought. I would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Go like us and follow the community there. I'm looking forward to seeing you for the next episode. And until then, keep on rocking. Mm-hmm.